Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Okay, welcome to the High Speed Podcast. This is your host, Forrest Bryant. Uh, Appreciate you guys being here today and listening. We are always helping our listeners and our clients achieve freedom and legacy in their life by mastering their business, finances, lifestyle, and family. And uh, we're excited to have Dave Zook on the line today. Dave is a uh, a crowd favorite at our events. He's uh, uh, an, an incredible investor. He is the real asset investor, and so we're excited to have him on on the call today. And uh, get your get your pen and your paper. Uh, it's going to be a lot of value. So uh, get 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 ready to uh, to take lots of notes. But Dave, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, Forrest. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Well, I'm. Uh, we've been trying to do this for quite a while, but uh, glad we uh, we finally uh, locked you down and got you on. Uh, so yeah, we were talking before we kind of got started here, but uh, Dave is a uh, uh, is a, a a master at at leveraging and getting a lot of stuff done. We've got a lot of guys who think that they're really, really busy, but uh, uh, spend spend a day with, with uh, Dave Zook, and you realize this guy gets a tremendous amount done. He owns multiple businesses and uh, has just really uh, figured out how to uh, get a, a, an extreme amount done in uh with with uh, with ease, so uh, it, everything looks looks uh, uh, very efficient on on the outside looking in, Dave. But um, so why don't you uh, you know just introduce yourself to our listeners? Let's uh, let's hear a little bit about uh, Dave Zook. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for having me on your show. I'm excited to uh, chat with you, and I always love talking about this kind of stuff. So. Uh, about me, I'm the CEO, the founder of the Real Asset Investor. I uh, we also have several different companies back here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we employ about uh, 75 or 80 uh, Amish uh, employees, workers, and uh, they're back in in Lancaster here. For those of you who are familiar with Lancaster, it's kind of the hub of the Amish community. So we've got a bunch of really good Amish uh, workers, employees uh, here building modular business uh, or building modular buildings for us. So uh, I I got my start in investing. Um, people ask me like, how did you get started in real estate investing? And I always tell them I got chased into real estate investing without that a severe tax problem. I invested in several businesses. I've been an investor all my life, all my adult life. And I got myself in a position where there was several of my companies were doing really well. And I was, uh, being a, I was a tax slave. Got to myself in a position where I was paying a half a million dollars a year in tax. And uh, so I got tired of that. I, I did a deep dive. I remember I heard Robert Kiyosaki talking about how you can make millions of dollars a year and not pay tax legally. And it drove me crazy. So... After really kind of studying and doing a deep dive and getting around the right people and going to live events and webinars and all that good stuff, I figured out that real estate is has a really good tax protection uh, component to it. So that's kind of what drove me into the real estate space, specifically multifamily. And uh, that was my start. That was my start in the real estate space. 
Well, uh, you, you, you certainly, uh, and you shared, uh, with a lot of our listeners or a lot of our, our community, uh, at our, at, at our last event, uh, some of those tax strategies, and we'll probably get into some of those today, but, uh, interesting. And, and I'd like to draw out of that how, uh, you had, you had a, had a roadblock or a difficulty in your life and you, you, you really, uh, took to, uh, studying that and mastering that and figuring out why it was a, a painful, um, obstacle right there and turn that into, uh, something beautiful. So, uh, kudos to you for not, uh, crawl, you know, sucking your thumb and, and crawling in the corner and quitting and, uh, and, and, and look what, uh, uh, studying, studying that, 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 that issue has been able to do for you. And you've been able to uh, be a big inspiration to a lot of people. So good for you. Well, they, they say that you learn the most when you're going through extreme pleasure or extreme pain. And for me, when I had to cut the check and, and realize that all of this money that I'm cutting, that I'm sending back to the U.S. government could be invested in assets and could be invested in multifamily. It could be invested in some kind of productive asset that produces cash flow. That was painful. And uh, so I learned a lot from that. So it's probably a good thing I had to go through it. But uh, we, haven't been, we haven't been back there since. And, and the thing is, some people think that you know, in order for them to not pay tax, you got to make less money. Well, that's not the case. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making, I tripled my income since then, and my tax bill is pretty much non-existent. And so there is a way that you can do it legally. And when you understand that the government really wants that, and they will pay you to, uh, you know, invest in things that they want to promote, or, you know, I mean, look at, look at multifamily housing. Do you know of a of a housing program run by the government that's successful. Well, they don't have one. So, you know, they're, they're willing to pay you to go out there and do it for them. And so when you understand what it is they're looking for and use their rules and apply them and, and you know, build your strategy around that, it becomes pretty easy. Okay, Dave. So let's talk about let's talk about your businesses just for a little bit, just so uh, so our listeners listeners uh, can kind of understand a little bit. You know, you're not just a multifamily syndicator. I know that's one of the things that you do, but um, give us a little little uh, overview of uh, of the Zook businesses. Yeah. So there's several. There's a manufacturing business where we build modular storage sheds, modular garages. We have a hinge roof uh, design where we can bring in a, say, a a two-car, two-bay, two-story garage. And let's say you're going to work in the morning at at 7 a.m. and you get home from work at 6 p.m. and you've got a new two-car, two-story garage sitting on your concrete pad and ready to pull the car into. So that's kind of our bread and butter product there. We ship those all over the over the kind of the east coast here uh about 70 percent of what we do 70 to 80 percent of what we do happens around happens in the eight states around us but then we also ship buildings all over the place ship buildings all over the country uh that's our one that's our one business that's our that's our uh manufacturing business then i have a sales and marketing company and this is the one that kind of drove me toward real estate investing because i have five computers a couple team members four or five five team members and one server 
and we sell buildings in every state in the country. And we've got, um, you know, we've got affiliate builders in California, Texas, uh, Oregon, Washington State, um, Tennessee, Virginia, uh, South Carolina. And so we can sell buildings all over the country. We have GSA schedules with the, with the U.S. government. And now I can sell a building and we can pull them from our other, from our affiliate locations. So this is strictly a sales and marketing company. It's a transactional based company and we're selling millions of dollars of buildings all over the country. And I've got no equipment. I've got no trucks. I've got a couple of computers and a server. So there was no tax protection whatsoever. And so, yeah, we're still doing that. We're still sending buildings. I mean, we got I think I sent you a video of a dog, a modular dog kennel that we that we sent down to South Carolina here a few weeks ago because I knew you were into dogs and and kind of rescue, uh, you know, animal rescue kind of thing. But those are the kind of buildings that we ship. They're highly uh, customized, fully finished out, uh, you know, modular dog kennel with AC and heat, with uh, floor drains, with you know, I mean, just totally decked out. And we're shipping those all over the country. We're shipping them to California, Texas. I mean, we got uh, we had a truck down in Texas last week with a load of them. We're going back down again. I mean, it's, you know, those are the modular buildings that we're shipping all over the country. And so that's been keeping us really busy. Like I said, we've got about 75 or 80 uh, mostly Amish employees here at our manufacturing facility. And and uh, we've, we've got a lot going on, a lot to do. So how did you get, uh, you mentioned uh, wanting to get into real estate. How did you make that transition into being a syndicator? And so that sort of happened by accident. I never, when I started investing in real estate, I never went out thinking that I was going to be a syndicator. Um, I, I went out and bought a couple hundred units of my own, a couple hundred apartment units of my own. And um, about the time I was running out of my own cash, I was invited to sit on the board of a startup bank, a local startup bank. And we were sitting around, there was about a dozen of us. We were sitting around in a group and I kept hearing conversations like, you know, I don't know if we should invest in this new startup bank. It's going to be five to seven years before we see any kind of return, but it's probably a better investment than putting our money in a CD. Hmm. I, I, I couldn't believe it. These, these, these are guys that could, you know, they could stroke seven figure checks. And so I, it was kind of a uh, light bulb moment. I was like, man, these guys got a problem. <laughs> and I had a problem. I had a problem. I was running out of my own cash. There were still good deals out there, you know, made all kinds of sense. We had a great broker. We had the best broker in the city on our team. And so I, the next deal that came along that made sense, uh, I needed $850,000 in equity. And I went out to some of these business owners and told them what I had been doing. I had, you know, just over the last year, year and a half, had been buying uh, several hundred units of apartment buildings. And, and I kind of showed them the track record, showed them what these buildings were doing, and, and they signed on. And, and uh, you know, we got into the game, and they wanted to do more. They told their friends, and it sort of just evolved from there. So it was, it was sort of an accident. It, I, I really didn't start out thinking I was going to be a syndicator. I was doing yeah. it for myself. And I, and I figured out that they had some of the same problems that I had. And so it was sort of a matchmaker type situation where they had a problem, I had a solution, and we got together and did, did some business, and they wanted to do more. Yeah, that's really cool. And so, um, 
you know, I, and we'll probably come back and talk about apartment buildings because that that's uh, that's one thing I know our listeners want to want to talk about. But um, you didn't stop there; you went a little further into some other alternative investments. So, do you want to you want to reference those a little? Yeah. So, in 2012, I had a really good friend came to me and said, "Hey, I got some guys over here in the ATM space. They're they're good friends of mine. I went to high school with them." You know, they're, they're good guys. And so I sat with them and they told me what they were doing. And uh, I invested $104,000 into an ATM uh, investment. That was back in 2012. Well, in 2016, by 2016, I had invested with them several more times. Um, and, you know, 2016, they came to me and said, hey, we got, uh, we just nailed a, like a, I don't know, five or $10 million portfolio. And it's a little bigger than than what they thought they could handle. So they said, we see what you're doing in the multifamily space. You got a network of investors want to come help us. And I was in the middle of doing two multifamily deals. I told them, nah, you know, it's not a good time for me. And, and, uh, they approached me, I think two more times and right getting toward the end of the year, they said, Hey, we got this fund coming up that, um, has section 179, which is now, now you can use bonus depreciation, but then it was section 179. And you can take, uh, you know, you can take the full write-off right at the end of the year for that tax year. And so I said, you know what, that I love this investment. I'm invested heavily in ATMs. It's one of my favorite investments. It's got the tax component piece to it. It's got the cash flow piece to it. I mean, it's two of my two of my favorite recipes in an investment. I was like. I like it. I I think my investors would like it. So I rolled it out to my investors. We probably sold a bunch of ATMs. And that was about, uh, well, all but two years ago. And we are, we've raised all but $30 million for the ATM space since then. So that's one of my, one of my investors' favorite asset classes. One of the things where you invest into a tranche early in the year and then a couple months later, oh yeah, we got another fund open. Yeah, yeah, I'll take another one of those. And, you know, they just kind of keep collecting them. Now they've, you know, I've got investors that have seven, eight, nine, ten, I think eleven units at one hundred four thousand dollars a unit. Um, so it's 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 kind of one of those things. It's kind of a collector's item. So it's a it's a it's a really good uh, tax protection vehicle. This, this thing we put together at the end of the year where you can use bonus depreciation. I mean, you get to the end of the year and you have a tax problem, you got a choice to make. You're either going to cut a check to the IRS or you're going to cut a check and pay for a real asset that gives you cash flow for the next seven years. Yeah, beautiful. And uh, you're doing uh, a little bit of oil and gas as well, aren't you? I am a passive investor in, in the oil and gas space. In fact, one of our oil wells is being cased. It just got drilled this week. Uh, last week, and it's uh, they're putting the casings in it, and and uh, looks like we hit some oil. So, uh, having dinner with them in in Dallas on Friday night. So, looking forward to that. But I, uh, I'm I'm active in the uh, coal space down in South Texas, where we actually run coal through a distillation unit, and we heat the the coal up. The plates inside this distillation unit go up to 1500 degrees. And it breaks down the coal, and you get liquid. You get two and a quarter barrels of liquid out of a ton of coal. And so it costs about a million and a half dollars to build one of these units. And when you run a ton of coal through there that costs us $47, and you get $365 worth of liquid out, and you can do that 18 times in a day, those numbers work. 
Hmm. And uh, it's a it's a high. I mean, it's a it's a sought after commodity. It's traded on the New York Mercantile Exchange, so it's a you know it's a liquid market. And uh, all we got to do is get in there and produce it. So there's been liquefying coal is not new, but the process in which it's being done here is it's a it's patented. Uh, machine and also a patented process. So excited about that. Got started investing in that earlier this year, and then I rolled it out to my investors uh, about midway into the end of the year. We've we've raised the money for two of the units that are being built, and we're getting ready to do one more round uh, just before the end of the year, hoping to have them in operation in 2018, so we can take the tax uh, deductions on it. And the interesting thing about that, it's the way we put that deal together, when I first saw this, I was like, okay, you got brand new equipment, bonus depreciation, good tax write-off, oh, that's great. But when I got to looking at it a little closer, I was like, wait a minute, this has a, a commodity, this has a an energy component to it. So we, so we structured it and designed it to where it's set up the same way as when you invest in oil and gas. You can come in as a lim- limited partner and take your depreciation against any passive income, just like real estate and any other thing, you know, most other assets. Or you can be a general partner and come in, again, just like oil and gas, and now you can take the depreciation, the depletion, and all that against your ordinary income. And so I was thinking about highly, you know, about high-paid professionals, dentists, lawyers, doctors, and those kind of people when I put the deal together. So uh, excited about that and uh, excited to see that being rolled out here. We're supposed to have those two units built and producing uh, liquids and producing cash flow here in the first week in October, the very yeah. first two that we started with. That is very exciting, and that 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 is unique uh, to be able to yeah, have 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 that option on the way that uh, you need to uh, take the take the taxation on it. So that's really cool. Um, so we look forward to hearing more about that. Well, let's talk about um, let's talk about multifamily. Let's talk about real estate. Um, so you know, how, how do you, how do you find good deals uh, right now? Where where are you where are you mainly looking, and um, you know, how, how are you finding good deals now? Um, we're not finding many of them. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, in today's world, that's the challenge. In fact, we sold two of our, uh, multifamily properties this year and made a really nice profit on it for our investors. Um, we are, uh, purchasing, um, we're scheduled to have closing on Monday on 144 unit. You and I talked about this one down at Horn Lake, uh, Horn Lake, Mississippi. I think I sent it out to your group, um, at high speed alliance. And, um, so that one had an interesting twist to it. Number one, we had to come up with a little more equity up front, which we were able to do. We got uh, uh, this one has a HUD loan on it that we're assuming. So this HUD loan is fixed at 3.28% interest, fully amortized out for the next 33 years. Hmm. Um, so just a really good, you know, there's a couple of things that I think is important there. One when you look at businesses, our business had the largest price increases. We're up 15% from the from the beginning of the year across the board. And when I talk to other businesses in the area, um, talking to a trailer business, they do a lot of steel work. They're the same way at 15 to 20% across the board. When you look at that, there is a trickle-down effect that happens when business – I mean, business has got to pass on that cost to – to somebody who is that it's a consumer and the consumer buys the you know the equipment or the trailer or the the buildings and then they have to in turn 
um, you know, pass that. You sell a building to a contractor. You sell a trailer. They have to pass that cost on to the to the end user, down to the homeowner. So that has a trickle down effect in inflation. When I look at it, I believe we're going to see more inflation in the next five to ten years than we've seen in the last five to ten years. So when you look at that, and then you look at that kind of a loan that's fully amortized for the next thirty three years at three point two eight percent interest, um, I, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And that those assumable HUD loans don't come along that often, do they? I this is the very first one for me. Mm-hmm. And uh no, I haven't seen a lot of them. And they are very hard to get. I mean they number one, they don't move fast. We've been we've been working on this for the last, I don't know, four or five months. Mm-hmm. Um and paperwork, inspections, wow. Uh, <laughs> they're they're hard to get. Yeah, that's great. So um uh, you mentioned, you know, the economy and, and uh, where we are right now. Um, I know you're uh, an incredibly smart uh, businessman and, and have a good idea of what's going on in a, in a lot of different areas uh, in, in, in the U.S. Um, you know, what's your what's your uh, what's your feeling on uh, where we are? If you got your crystal ball, what's uh, what's what's coming up down the road, according to uh, to Dave Zook? Well, so there's a couple things. I was with Doug Duncan, chief economist for uh, Fannie Mae here a few months ago, and he predicted a, and he's been pretty pretty spot on with some of his predictions, uh, most of his predictions. He predicted a slowdown in late 2019 based on the models, you know, based on what they're seeing, based on their models and all that. One of the things that I see that I think could happen the new tax law that we just got given to us at the end of last year, um, with the bonus depreciation rule being changed, and now you can use bonus depreciation on apartment buildings that are you know used instead of new. Is that going to kick it down? The, is that going to kick this thing down the road? You know, cap rate compression. Uh, is it going to push it into even frothier? Uh, areas. I mean, like I mentioned before, you get down to the, you, you start getting down to the end of the year and you're looking at a big tax bill or you can buy an asset that will give you the tax protection. Is that going to convince you to pay more for that property and squeeze that cap rate even more? So there's some, you know, there could be a little tug of war going on there. Um, I think it could extend it for another year, another maybe two years, maybe more. I, I don't know. Um, but you know, we're cautious. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we, we know, you know, we're in this cycle. We know we're eventually going to have a correction. We don't know when that's going to be, but you know, we could be selling a few more of our properties in the next, uh, six to 12 months. Um, you know, it's a hot, this market's hot. Yeah. Apartments are popular and the market's hot. So Very good. Um, well, we could probably go on and on and on, but uh, let's see. Do you have a Do you have a favorite quote, Dave, or a quote you want to share with us? Yeah, it's mine, and it's <laughs> uh, and I'm having it trademarked. You want to hear it? Yeah, I probably have, but go ahead. <laughs> you can be conventional, or you can be wealthy. Pick one. I like it. Very good. When? How long ago did that inspire you? That thought. Um. It was about a year and a half ago. We were sitting in my office, and uh, I, one of my employees was, you know, 
running some different scenarios past me um, and he was talking to me about, you know, his 401k plan from, from a previous employment that he had. And, and, you know, he just, you know, was running some of those conventional ideas past me. And I said, look, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. You got, you got to decide, you got to pick one. And I was, and he was like, wait, what? That was pretty good. I was yeah. like, well, right. yeah, okay. I kind of like it too. So, it yep. well, yeah, so we decided to get a trademark. Yeah, that's good. Well, listeners to our show know that, that we are contrarian and, uh, you know, doing, doing what the masses are doing, the masses are usually wrong. So yeah, uh, to, to, totally agree with you there. I even get a little uneasy when I'm being shuttled down this, uh, this kind of corridor in the airport when I'm going the way that, you know, 95% of the other people are going. I, I get, uh, I get a little nervous. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like to think like a contrarian. Swim upstream, huh? Yep. Well, what about a book? What's uh, you got a book you want to share? There's a couple. I mean, I'm you know everybody's got to read Rich Dad Poor Dad, so that's pretty much a given. Um, good sound financial principles. We just did this book study on this book here a few months ago. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Really good sound principle. It's required required reading at my house with my teenage boys. Um, just, you know, if you, if you take what, if you take the principles in that book and, and pretty much live by them alone, you probably wouldn't have to read anything else. Yeah. Um, so Richard Man in Babylon is a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. That's a good one. Don't, don't eat the kids, right? <laughs> don't eat right. your soldiers. Yep. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go read it. Yep. Um, so Dave, um, I'll tell you what, before I, before I ask you about freedom, uh, give us some tips for, you know, how do you get so much done? You, you run so many businesses. I was, I was going to keep this one for the back end cause we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but I wanted to, wanted to th- pitch it to you on the, on the, on the front side. But, um, uh, you know, how do you get so much done? Got some tips for people who want to get more done? Yeah. So I, I just, um, I think there's two ways you can go about investing or, or business. Um, you can either go in as a lone wolf and try to do everything yourself. Um, works fine for some people and you can get, you know, a certain amount of work done or you can team up with people that are really, really good at what they're doing and have their thousand hours in and they're experts at what they're doing. If you kind of follow my model on the way that I've invested, I typically like to partner with people. I like to partner um, our self-storage team, great team. I mean, great track record, really good people to work with. Uh, they know what they're doing. They've got 40-some self-storage assets in their portfolio, and that's what they've been doing for the last 30 years. That's all they've been doing for the last 30 years. So when you can tap into an organization like that and kind of ride along, and I mean, it it shortcuts the process. It lightens the workload. It uh, You know, I couldn't get a fraction of the work done that I get done had it, you know, were it not for having good people around me and being very intentional. Um, I remember, well, last year, about a year, just over a year ago, I sold a portion of my sales and marketing company that I talked to you about. I sold a portion of that to my three brothers. And so now they all have a little part to play in the company and a little, you know, they, they, they have, um, you know, their own 
each one of my brothers is has a different personality. We have all four of the disc profile on a, on our you know all four of us are a different letter in the disc profile, so we all have different gifts and talents. So I was able to bring them into the company and give them you know sell them some equity, and uh, now they're helping me. That was strategic. That wasn't because I needed the money. It was because it was strategic because I needed to lighten the workload so I could do more of this and so I could you know focus on investing and and uh, you know finding good assets for my investors to, to uh, take part in. So uh, being able to team up with good people and getting, getting good people around me on my team is the answer. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more on the backside here as we, kind of re, as we, as we launch into some legacy dis- discussion on the back end. But that's, uh, I love that, that, that family business model. But um, uh, kind of wrapping it up on the front, what, is, uh, what does freedom mean to you? What's, uh, what does that mean to Dave Zook? Freedom. So when you get um, when you get to the point where you've got the financial thing down, and you don't have to worry about you know the the financial part of it, you got your cash flow streams built up. Um, after that, it's probably time. It's probably it, it it's it's time and quality of time and being able to being able to um, go do what you want to do, do it with your kids do it with your family um so i I would say being able to live life on my terms um so the financial thing once you get that down pat once you build multiple streams of income and you got that part figured out you you you're making money while you sleep then it's uh then it's about time and quality of time yeah beautifully said very good. Well, uh, Dave, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to the High Speed Podcast. I hope Dave uh, provided a tremendous amount of value to our listeners. Dave, don't go anywhere. We're going to launch into the into the members only section on the back side here. Um, I'll give you the last word. Any any uh, anything we didn't hit on the front side you want to share? No, I think uh, you know your your listeners are a pretty advanced group. Um, and so I don't, uh, you know, and you guys got, you put together some great events, got some good people coming out and, and giving them a lot of options. So, um, you know, as far as the investing side, just, uh, you know, be aware, look at, uh, I know there's uh, a bunch of guys in, in your group that, that uh, like private money lending, and that can be a great source of, of income. Be aware of the new tax law, though. And be aware that, uh, you know, if you're strategic on the tax side, you can swim with the current and you don't have to battle and fight your way upstream. You can get the wind in your sails. Um, nothing, again, nothing to matter. I do it on a short-term basis where I'm, I'm a, you know, an occasional private money lender. But if, you, if you're really strategic and you can watch what's happening on the tax side and, and use the new tax law to your advantage, um, learn what you can about that and uh, get that working for you. Very good. Well said. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the High Speed Podcast. Thanks for being here, Dave. And uh, we'll look to see you guys soon. Thanks, Dave. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Forrest. Hi, this is Dr. Forrest Bryant, and I want to thank you for listening to the High Speed Podcast. Uh, we want to remind you that the information we share on this show is impersonal and only our opinion. You should not take impersonal advice and apply it to your own situation without discussing this information with us or with another licensed professional uh, that's familiar with your situation. 
Um, our opinions are just that, and this show is for education only. Uh, this is in no way a solicitation or offer to sell any securities or other types of investments. So thank you and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.